Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Popular Journal. Apologies, you know, for the delay in this episode. I know it's it's almost been like a month, but, you know, life gets a little hectic after college. And hey, sometimes I just have no motivation. So, yeah, sorry for that. But hope all is well with everybody currently tuning in and listening. Um, Today, I wanted to discuss a topic that is actually quite personal and, you know, universal, which is loneliness. Uh, but I mainly wanted to focus on how loneliness seems to be so widespread at the moment, despite us living in the digital age. Okay, so to those of you new to the Popular Journal, this is a podcast show where I talk about things I personally find interesting within the realm of you know pop culture and entertainment, ranging from retrospectives, discussion, and sometimes just pure nonsense. Uh, this is the show that's you know kind of like my personal diary, except it's public. Also, for those of you unaware, season one of the Popular Journal is coming to a close. So this episode is one of the last few. Um, so Popular Journal season two will be out sometime in t- 2024. In the meantime, I just want to make sure that you guys, you know, fill out the survey so I can make season two even better. Um, I can use a lot of critiques, uh, a lot of advice, you know. Um, don't go don't, don't go too hard on me, though. <laughs> I'm kidding, but seriously, I do need some like critiques because I want to make the podcast better and I want to make it fun and entertaining and enjoyable for you guys listening. So the survey is going to be linked in almost all of my episodes of the podcast. So make sure you check that out. With all that out of the way, let's move forward with today's topic. Now, loneliness is a very universal human emotion that almost pretty much everyone has felt at some point or another. Of course, what causes loneliness for the individual varies, you know, person to person, but the feeling still brings about, you know, kind of like a feeling of yearning, you know, like you want to be included, you want to have companionship, stuff like that. Um, but I would say um, one, have, one, however, shouldn't, you know, confuse solitude with loneliness. Those are different, you know, with solitude being the chosen preference of one's own company and loneliness being like a forced and involuntary state of like emotion. Um, like I said, like for me, loneliness is something that causes one to have like a profound sense of FOMO, like, you know, fear of missing out, especially if you're younger. Um, like one of my biggest fears right now is that I'll look back on my 20s and I'll be like, I can't believe, you know, I didn't go out more. I didn't socialize. I didn't explore, you know, the world. And I really am trying to find ways to make my 20s a little bit more exciting. So that's sort of like my fear when it comes to like FOMO and loneliness. As such, I wanted to talk about how loneliness is affecting my generation. So like that being like Gen Z and look into what exactly is the root cause of it all. Like why is this happening? And has it happened um, this amount this much in the past or is it like a cycle like what's going on here now again loneliness is a universal emotion it could be felt by you know pretty much anyone of any age it doesn't matter Um, children uh, teenagers adults uh, older adults um, it doesn't really matter you know what the age range is it's pretty universal however what happens when loneliness becomes so common and pervasive among a certain group of people to the point where a lot of people share this sense of identity and being a loner or like a lone wolf or outsider amongst their peers 
like what like why is this occurring and why you know what are the solutions you know so I wanted to read to you a couple of paragraphs of articles I found that sort of go into depth about you know loneliness and how it's affecting you know my generation and see where we can go from there Okay, so loneliness is a growing epidemic in most developed countries. Young people aged 16 to 24 feel more lonely than any other age group, including people aged 65 and older. Indeed, 73% of Gen Z report feeling alone sometimes or always. Loneliness can be as damaging to health as smoking 15 cigarettes per day, and people who experience social isolation have a 32% higher risk of early death. It's a strange paradox. Gen Z are hyper-connected in the virtual world, but socially disconnected. The internet, mobile phones, and video games have opened a multiverse of new connections and opportunities. Yet digital interactions have failed to replace the need to connect on an emotional level in the physical world. Okay, so that was an article that was written by... That name, I cannot say. I'm sorry. Um, I'm <laughs> That that is ooh, that's a mouthful. Uh, this article was written by Key and Cherry on Gen Z, the loneliness epidemic and the unif- unifying power of brands, and it was published on July twenty eighth, two thousand twenty three. I'm so sorry for butchering that name. Like, <laughs> I'm not good with names. I keep saying that in every episode, but it's a fascinating article that tries to look into ways to combat loneliness through brands. Um, Continuing on with the article, I wanted to read a little bit more. Many of the traditional institutions that promote a sense of belonging are in decline. Church attendance has dropped in the West, and most young people can't afford to buy a house or raise a family. What's more, climate anxiety is producing a constant state of distress. Gen Z are becoming adults during an era of societal collapse. Endless choice has transformed into psychological burden. Young people are overstimulated but under-socialized. Take online dating. The average user swipes 50 to 100 candidates a day, but feels less satisfied and more depressed. Choice overload explains why Gen Z are ditching smartphones for done phones. Um, Skipping around the article, there was a paragraph that I personally found interesting. Uh, It reads, young people are having fewer shared moments and memories. The collective experience has lost ground to individual pursuits. Japan offers a window into what the future might look like for young people in in most developed countries. In Japan, there's a societal phenomenon known as hakikimori, I said that wrong, where young adults withdraw from society and seek extreme social isolation. The Japanese government is, estimates that countries have 1.5 million hikikimori, um, but experts believe that the number is much higher. It has even spawned a rent of family services in the country, offering the illusion of warmth. Meanwhile, in South Korea, the government is paying young recluses to leave their home. Technological progress doesn't seem like the answer to the loneliness epidemic. The proliferation of large models, LLMs, have birthed the arrival of AI girlfriends and boyfriends. Young people are seeking connection in a world which prioritizes individual desires above collective needs. And lastly, I wanted to close off with the article. The pursuit of convenience is removing social interactions and producing loneliness. We are designing a world void of human contact. When we go to the supermarket, machines scan our items with no need to say hello, goodbye, or thank you. Delivery services will drop off our shopping without the need to leave the house. We can work from home and speak to people, and speak to people via dig- digital screens. 
Social interaction is a wasteful activity if viewed through the lens of cold, hard numbers. But when viewed through human eyes, social interaction is what makes us inherently human. The disappearance of third places, a social space separate from work and home, has exacerbated the problem. Youth culture has a rich history in cafes, clubs, libraries, and parks. But many young people now feel priced out of physical experiences. The virtual world has become a vessel for creativity and self-expression, otherwise inaccessible in the physical world, end quote. Okay, so I found that last paragraph interesting. You know, as someone with social anxiety and being awkward when it just comes to talking to people, um, scenarios like supermarkets having self-checkouts really helped me put my mind at ease. But at the same time, seeing how it's also a symptom or a cause to this loneliness crisis we seem to be facing, you know, it's very, I don't know. It's like, I like it, but at the same time, is it benefiting me? You know what I mean? Um, It's interesting. As someone who considers themselves an introvert, it's interesting how even I'm, like, participating in, like, ways that lead to loneliness and isolation. Unlike an extrovert, like, let's talk about this. Unlike an extrovert, I get drained from having so many interactions. Like when I'm at work and it's like nighttime or something and I've been at, and I've been there all day and I'm interacting with all the customers and stuff, I notice myself getting a little drained and sometimes even a little bit cranky. Not cranky to the customers, just cranky in my own head, like to myself. Um, and it's crazy because like there are people who get energized from talking to so many people and, and going out and socializing. And then there are people like me who are like, I need to recharge in um, solitude. Like I need, I need me time. I need a little time. Otherwise, I'm just gonna be, you know, sluggish, slow, um, irritable, stuff like that. So I need like to recharge, if that makes sense. So, especially in like crowded places, like it, it really like raises my anxiety when there's like so many people. It's, it's like it's a lot for me. For someone like me, it's it's a lot. It could be overstimulating and anxiety-inducing, and scenarios like that really contribute to, you know, those feelings. As mentioned earlier, there is nothing wrong, you know, with solitude. It can actually be quite beneficial in, to be meditative and to be self-reflective and being in a state of relaxation by yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. But what happens when that isolation is unwanted? Like, you don't want that. And... It's you don't know how to break out of this habit of finding yourself alone, especially, you know, if you don't want to be alone all the time, but you don't really know what to do to change that or where to go. Um, loneliness has even been said to, you know, lead to health problems and exacerbate other conditions one might already be facing. Although it's hard to measure social isolation and loneliness precisely, there's strong evidence that many adults aged 50 and older are socially isolated isolated or lonely in ways that put their health at risk. Recent studies found that social isolation significantly increased a person's risk of premature death from all causes, a risk that may rival those of smoking, obesity, and physical inactivity. Social isolation was also associated with about 50% increased risk of dementia. Poor social relationships characterized by social isolation or loneliness was associated with a 29% increased risk of heart disease and a 32% increased risk of stroke. Loneliness was also associated with higher rates of depression, anxiety, and suicide.
Loneliness among heart failure patients was associated with a nearly four times increased risk of death, 68% increased risk of hospitalization, and 57% increased risk of emergency department visits. This information was taken by the CDC and Social Isolation and Loneliness in Older Adults, Opportunities for the Healthcare System. Um, so yeah, it's really like, ooh, like very scary, um, especially as someone who, you know, doesn't really get out much. The website also pointed out vulnerable demographics of the population can be at higher risk of loneliness, such as minorities, immigrants, LGBT, and victims of elder abuse. It's unfortunate that not everyone experiences the universal moments in life, such as, you know, your first relationship, your first job, getting a license, college, you know, whatever that may be. And as such, you end up feeling excluded from the party, which inevitably creates a sense of resentment towards others. You know, like I said, FOMO is an actual thing, guys, and a lot of people feel it, sadly. And I think for me personally, it can create a sense of, well, maybe there's something wrong with me, or what is it that I'm doing wrong, or I deserve this, or it causes a lot of negative self-reflection, and it just ends up making you feel more and more isolated in the process. And one has to keep in mind that, you know, not everyone is made for everybody, and that has nothing to do because, you know, you're a bad person or anything like that. It's just, you know, it's like some people just don't enjoy eating fruit. You know, it doesn't mean that fruit is bad. It's just some people just don't like it. And it's interesting to see how my generation in particular is dealing with loneliness, especially with events such as the pandemic and social media. And I want to look into why it's happening so much nowadays compared to previous generations. There's only so much data samples and articles that really dive into why my generation seems to be suffering a lot with loneliness. But there isn't necessarily like a main culprit to the point like in regards to this mental health epidemic. It's such a large and complicated issue and it needs to be discussed thoughtfully if we want to figure out why, you know. During an ongoing global pandemic that's kept loved ones apart and made it potentially unsafe to socialize in many of the ways we're accustomed to doing, loneliness is becoming salient. 36% of Americans felt serious loneliness in 2020, or felt lonely frequently or, or almost all the time or all the time in the previous month, according to Harvard Research. A large-scale Cigna survey that same year pegged loneliness in the United States as being as high as 61%. U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murphy warned of a loneliness epidemic sweeping the country back in 2017 in an article he offered on the subject, and that was before social distancing became a part of our daily lexicon. Written by Carmen Chai and medically reviewed by Allison Young, MD of EverydayHealth.com. So it appears as though loneliness was already an issue that was brewing way before the pandemic even occurred. In fact, I've seen that some might say that you know, around 20, uh, 2012, teenagers started to uh, feel a sense of isolation in school. Now, keep in mind, this is, you know, around the same time social media really started to take off. However, I would refrain, you know, from making social media or the internet like the main culprit in like the loneliness epidemic. Again, this is such a complex issue. I don't necessarily believe that there's one main reason as to why this is happening. 
Um, continuing in the article, I'm going to skip around. New research is quickly unearthing the significant impact that nearly two years of COVID-19 lockdowns, social distancing, and remote work in school have had on society. During April 2020, at the height of COVID-19 restrictions, 32% of Americans reported depressive symptoms and loneliness, according to a study published in January 2021. The aforementioned Harvard report on loneliness during COVID-19 found that 36% of Americans reported feeling lonely almost all the time in October 2020 or the month prior. Researchers suggested that COVID-19 ushered in a second pandemic of mental health crises with loneliness, isolation, anxiety, and stress as top concerns. We were cut off from each other with no person-to-person contact during a very anxious, destabilizing time. People were cut off from the unusual social supports, family, friends, and coworkers who make us feel connected and less alone. But the silver lining is that the pandemic has helped normalize conversations about mental health problems. People are so much more open to talking about loneliness because every single one of us has to had has experienced it to some degree now. We've all had a taste of it. End quote. Yeah, so that was an article from everydayhealth.com, which will be linked in uh, the episode description. So it is rightly recognized that the pandemic uh, sort of ushered in this overwhelming sense of isolation Obviously, we all went through it, you know, but it was already not looking good for my generation, and the pandemic seemed to exacerbate these uh, conditions, emotions, um, even further. America was facing mental health challenges prior to the COVID-19 pandemic that were fueled in part by an epidemic of loneliness that continues today. Our published studies show that loneliness impacts many people of all ages in all demographic groups across the country, and is particularly problematic among workers. Now, according to new confirmatory data from Morning Consult commissioned by Cigna, more than half of U.S. adults, 58%, are considered lonely. This is fairly consistent with pre-pandemic research that shows 61% of adults experienced loneliness in 2019 after a 7% point increase from 2018. This was written by the Cigna Group, and the article breaks down the statistics on loneliness and has infographics as well, if you want to check it out for yourself. But loneliness, at least for me, is a feeling like being undervalued in your relationships with other people. It can be anyone, family, friends, significant others. It doesn't matter. But loneliness shows up in all forms. You can be lonely at a party, all those people around you, but you still feel a sense of isolation and unable to really assimilate with the people around you. Um, The causes of why this is so prominent nowadays varies. A lot of people seem to think it's because of social media. Uh, It feels easy to point at that and say, this is the main reason why. But it could be a piece of a very large puzzle and not necessarily like the sole reason why. Across age groups, people are spending less time with each other in person than two decades ago. The advisory reported that this was almost pronounced in young people aged 15 to 24 who had 70% less social interaction with their friends. U.S. Surgeon General said that many young people now use social media as a replacement for in-person relationships, and this often meant lower quality connections. We also know that for some kids, being online has, has been a way to find community and at a time when many of them have not been able to. He said, what we need to protect against, though, are the elements of technology and social media in particular that seek to maximize the amount of time that our children are spending online at the expense of their in-person interactions. Murphy said loneliness isn't uniquely uh, an American problem, but instead a feature of modern life around the globe. Yet he noted that in the U.S., participation in community organizations from faith groups to recreational leagues has declined in recent decades. 
So we're seeing more forces that take us away from one another and fewer of the forces that used to bring us together, he said. The advice comes on the back of numerous studies in recent years that warn of the mental and physical dangers of loneliness, end quote. This is why Juana Summers, Vincent Acovino, Christopher Antigada of NPR, uh, I butchered that last name, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so that's one of the main reasons why I would try not to put all the blame on social media, because a lot of people, you know, especially the youth, the, that that is their community, you know. Um, when you don't really connect with people at school or in person, and you sort of find your your kin or your group of people that you really resonate and relate to online. So I don't know. You should always be, you know, aware and cognitive of the people you, ta- you interact with online. You know, the same re- uh, rules apply, like they do in real life. But people find community in different ways, uh, like on social media and platforms um, and apps and stuff like that. And it's interesting to see how to combat situations like this, you know, where it's like people think it's the main reason why. But for some people, it like helps with their loneliness, if that makes sense. Um how this will affect younger generations going forward is something to be aware of as well. And loneliness, unfortunately, affects us health-wise, too. It has the potential to affect cardiovascular health, cognitive health, mental health. It can even lead to premature death, like we said earlier, which is, you know, scary. All of that cited by EverydayHealth.com, of course. But how do we actually combat this prevailing issue at large? You know, while loneliness is a complex issue, I want to talk about the ways that I personally combat uh, loneliness. Um, I don't do it well, but um, one of the ways I've been using, I've been using, like, apps, you know, like Bumble BFF to make uh, platonic friendships. And I don't know. It's sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, And it's very hard to talk to people when you don't, necessarily do a lot of that in real life and it's not you're just you're just not going to translate well onto you know on the internet and what i mean by that is you know if you don't know what to say you're not good at icebreakers uh you're not like super talkative and you don't know how to like i don't know like i feel like conversation is you know like a dance it's like a tango or something and i feel like i'm just not a good dancer um so that's what I, like, it's, it's kind of hard. I don't know what to say, but I am trying. That's, like, something I personally do. You know, there are other apps, you know, like Meetup, um, stuff like that. But I would say I wanted to look at some ways that, uh, this is by Healthline.com, uh, where they talk about, you know, chronic loneliness and stuff. And they also come up with lifestyle tips and ways to prevent loneliness or kind of cure it uh if that makes sense uh they say stuff like you know staying in touch with your loved ones volunteer or participate in community events try a new hobby get out of the house (laughs) um and adopt a pet they also say ways to prevent is getting comfortable with spending time alone choose fulfilling and rewarding activities make time for exercise enjoy the outdoors so those are some of the ways that 
helpline discusses. And I don't know. I feel like it is very easier said than done. You know, obviously, I'm still working on it myself. So I can't really give you like, here's what I did. You know, like, I'm, st- I'm, hey, I'm with you guys, you know. But I don't know. I feel like. I'm, I I'd like to think I'm a pretty optimistic person. I feel like it will get better, but, you know, like, there's, like, the before and the after, and right, and right now we're in the before. But the, sometimes I'm just like, oh, the before is taking so long. Like, why can't the after come? You know what I mean? Like, it's so... It gets a little discouraging at times, um, a little sad and frustrating, but eventually, you know... Uh, clearer skies will come, and you will meet people. Obviously, that's going to happen. But it's more about keeping your head up, being patient, and doing things that will lead you to those interactions of meeting new people, um, like stepping out of the house and you know doing things that are you know outside your comfort zone. Like recently, I I just went to a concert um, with my sister, and I haven't really went to a lot of concerts you know, in previous years, but I went to two this year and I really enjoyed it. Now, obviously, I didn't really talk to many people there besides my sister, of course, but it's those baby steps of doing stuff like that. And you got to, you know, you're not going to meet a new friend every single time you do something like that, obviously, but it's the baby steps. And that's sort of where I'm at with, you know, the whole social anxiety and forcing yourself to be a little bit more social with other people and loneliness and all that. But, yeah, I wanted to know what you guys think about this whole are we the loneliest generation? Is Gen Z you know, sort of f- facing something like this with, like, a loneliness crisis epidemic? And, yeah, I I really want to hear what you guys think. And if you are, if you consider yourself, you know, introverted or kind of lonely sometimes, you know, what do you do? What are ways that you combat this, try to improve this? I want to know, uh, of course. And yeah, pretty pretty short and sweet episode. I just wanted to talk about this because I find it really, you know, interesting, of course, and something that I personally deal with myself. And I don't know, these are important discussions to have, I think. And I'm just glad to be able to come on here and talk about it with you guys. So thank you so much for listening. So, like I said previously, uh, this is, I think this is like the second to last episode of the podcast. And so, after that, I basically just wanted to focus on how to make season two uh, better and fun. And I'm going to ask, you know, other people for advice and critiques and some ideas. And, you know, the survey helps too. And, yeah, I just want to thank you for going along with me on this journey. It was very random. And, you know, I started in May. It's October now. And I'm just, I just like the idea of having, like, a fun show of mine where I talk about uh, fun, interesting pop culture, entertainment things. And I get to share with you guys. So thanks so much for listening to the Popular Journal Podcast. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. I will see you guys next time. Bye. Go, go!